welcome to the Human and Technology Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who develops, distributes or uses technology. For all those who always have the feeling that technology overwhelms or dominates them. For everyone who wants to know how to deal with technology in everyday life. For anyone who wants to understand what technology does to us and how we can get our lives back. This podcast is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Reska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. published an episode about uh, what corona and the pandemic we're having here is doing to the world of mobility to the automotive industry already a few weeks ago and um, here is a second episode on the same topic There are a few reasons uh, on this. Um, the, the topic is more than actual, it's more than hot. Uh, we will face enormous changes in our lives and our industry. And things become more and more unpredictable. So I'm trying to make some predictions and um, give you a couple of guidelines on what, what may happen. Independent, if you believe that uh, the virus exists, which I do, If you believe that uh, the virus is dangerous, which I do, if you believe that the benefits of a vaccination are higher than the threats, which I do, or if you believe the opposite, uh, we will have changes in social lives, changes in the way we do corporations, changes in economy, in uh, the way we as professionals think and act, and also in our private lives, the way we see the world as, as, as private people. So the changes will be there independent uh, on what your view on the pandemic and the communication and on everything connected to that is. So it's totally independent of that. Why I second episode, I just said it's still hot and uh, it's still um, foreseeable that or it's more than ever foreseeable that we will have serious changes plus and um, this is the reason why I'm doing this um, right now and uh, today I had uh, during the car HMI 2021 the conference in Berlin late June I had a workshop on the topic And I had the chance to work with um, an overall of 50, 60, 70 professionals to discuss this issue. And um, if you have such a large group of people um, that, that are in the industry, that have their own minds, that, they have, that have their own experiences, you will always learn. You will get new insights. Uh, you will get, um, you will find yourself corrected and You have the chance to just yeah, have, have a discussion on these things. 
And um, this is um, why I'm doing this this podcast podcast episode, a second one on uh, post pandemic mobility, because I learned a few new things. I uh, learned about a few new aspects um, that that the entire thing has, and so. Yeah, let, let's get just right into it. And um, I will be talking about three different aspects, three different topics. One is the, the social environment. One is the automotive industry. And uh, the other one is mobility in general beyond beyond automotive and beyond the automotive industry. So let's start with um, the social social part of it. The extremes are increasing. So rich against poor humans who have technology versus people who do not have access to technology. Healthy people against um, non-healthy people. The need for analog contexts uh, versus online. We see a world that has growing extremes and this is not a new trend, but uh, as in, in so many cases connected to, to the pandemic, the uh, virus is a turbocharger of these trends, of these developments. And we will see the richer getting rich and the poorer getting poor, which is connected to, to the fact that um, people who, are, who already have access to technology and who can use it, um they they will they will remain this they will grow this they will have even more use of technology and people who do not have technology um they 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 will have even harder times uh, catching up or they 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 will lose uh, track on on this one and if you believe well um all the people i know they all have smartphones and they have pcs and tablets and yes this this is absolutely true but uh, what i learned um in a conference that i uh, attended lately in an online meeting is that on a global basis only 12% of all humans are western and educated which in return means that, that 88% of all humans are not Western and not educated. So that the view that uh, probably most of my listeners, including you, will have is driven by a minority on the globe. So, um, yeah, to summarize this one, extremes are increasing, which is a trend we see since many years. And... Um, the virus is the turbocharger for this trend. There will be new relationships between uh, urban areas and uh, rural areas. At the moment, we still see a strong trend towards urbanization. So at the moment, more than 50% um, of, of humans live in urban areas. For the first time, by the way, in, in, in the history of humankind. And this is comparably new. This uh, 50-50 was passed uh, only a few years ago. And uh, in some countries, like in China, for example, we expect um, an urbanization of about 75%, meaning 75% of all people living in urban areas in a few years, whether it's 3, 5, 10 years. But, but it's very much foreseeable that we have this one. 
What we see connected with things like remote work, like um, internet-based work, online meetings, we see an urban escape. Uh, we see that people, particularly young families, move out of urban areas into rural areas. And this has many aspects. Uh, one is the price of living in, in big cities. Others is the density, the dirt, um, the crime that you have in mega cities. So all this is not uh, that strong in, uh, in, in rural areas. And since employers learned that remote work works, that people working from home, from their home offices, are at least as efficient as, as people are, as employees are, uh, when they work at offices. Plus, uh, that, that as an employer, you can save a lot of money by reducing office uh, spaces and, and reducing parking spaces and then reducing the number of meeting rooms and so on. Um, so, so this entire thing was was triggered by 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 the coronavirus. So we learned a lot that that we can work in a different way, and this again uh, allows people to to move out of urban areas. Because I, I told about the high prices and the crime and the dirt in cities, and people said, "Okay, I have to stay here because my job is here and my office is here, and I have to go there." And so, at least those of us. Um, that uh, have an office job can think about moving to rural areas and work remotely, um, work maybe even location independent. And this was triggered by the virus because we had these lockdowns and um, particularly larger companies says, guys, stay at home if you can and then work from home. And, and they found out it works. You know, there were many of them were very surprised uh, that it actually works. But They learn it, and so maybe not on a hundred percent level, but uh, uh, I think in that we will have this new work, this new working style, this new hybrid workplaces uh, in, a, in a very significant number of, of cases. And I said hybrid workplaces. Hybrid means um, that maybe three days or four days a week you work from your home office, and then uh, one more day or two days. You travel to, to some, some place where you meet your colleagues, where you have your analog contacts, where you see people. And, um, but but um, this new relationship, this new work, these new work styles, they will, um, they will remain. I'm, I'm pretty sure about this. And they are triggered by, by the virus. And connected with that, we face a new balance in life, a new work-life balance. If you work at home anyway, and if the kids are back at school, um, you still have some some freedom to do things. You will have, I mean, I, I work from my home office since I started my own business, which is now more than six years ago. And yeah, of course, I am um, emptying the dishwasher or I'm, I'm uh, setting up a, a washing machine or You know, when I have a five, ten minutes break, when I take this and get me a coffee, I can do this and this and that uh, in my home. So this is also already a, a shift in, in, in the work-life balance. And the positive thing is that work and life come closer together. Professional and private life, they, they merge. 
And this is also a danger. So maybe maybe we will end up with answering emails at uh, 10 p.m. in the evening because something pops in. And I mean, I want to do something private with my PC or my tablet or my smartphone. And then I see it. Oops, my boss is writing me. And um, I'm, I'm right into a professional mode. I'm, I'm switching to a professional mode and get back to work. And But we will see a shift there. Where we will end up and how it will be handled is not clear. There will be a couple of regulations. Some companies think about um, blocking emails um, after, I don't know, 8 p.m. in the evening so that you have 12 hours between 8 and 8 without any professional emails or without any access to your mailbox. And there, there will be regulations like this, but at the very end of the day, this will rely on each and every single person, um, will rely on all of us, how we will do this and... Um, I think that there will be totally different models of this work-life balance. But what we get with the new work and um, the, the remote work is that we have the chance to find a new work-life balance. One participant uh, brought up a, from our point of view, very interesting point. He asked, What do we actually teach our children? And children who start with school today will probably retire between 2080 and 2090. And, I mean, we, we don't have an idea how the world will be in five years or, or ten years from now. And we had this black swan with a pandemic. And so how can we foresee today what qualifications will be required in 2080 or 2090 so no one has an idea about this one, uh, how the world will be looked by, look, look by then. And the question is, how can we change the way we teach our children? And first of all, what do we need to teach them to be ready to run, to be ready to cope with this enormous changes upcoming with the, with the speed of change we, we see and with the sudden changes um, that, that we will have every now and then. So maybe the qualification is not learn too much about history, but uh, maybe the, the, the core qualification is how do I handle change? How do I adapt to new situations? How can I um, adapt my mindset, my, my brain, my thinking to, to new challenges that, that come up? Another point is new interactions, new social togetherness. Um, how do we live uh, with others? And um, I mean, I, I like uh, the, the Spanish abrazos and, and besos, um, um, hugging people. And, and um, yeah, that, that, that's, that's the way I like to interact with people. And, and I know that many in my, my, my peer group, my social group, are pretty much the same ah, sorry <clears throat> are pretty much the same um, but we're asking each other before we hug and um, this is a new kind of interaction that we have and I learned that many of my professional interactions maybe run on the internet maybe run online but I'm heavily missing face-to-face -face contacts meeting real people in real places 
having a real beer together, <clears throat> sitting together at one table. So um, we will adjust to the new situation and there will be people that uh, will refrain from all this, which is perfectly okay. And there are others that will return to the old habits. There will be people that say, um, I tend to be more online. I will have more online contacts. And then, then there will be some that say, okay, no, I want to return to my analog face-to-face contexts uh, as, as soon as I can. But again, um, there will be new adjustments. There will be new balances in between online and, and analog. And now a um, bit about mobility. Um, the, the group of people I work with at the CAR HMI, they said uh, that there will be decline in public transport, that there will be more individual mobility. That was more or less a common agreement. Humans, people learned a lot about how viruses and bacteria spread and um, they want to protect against this. And this will lead to a conflict between the urbanization, between the megacities we see uh, in the future, we have already today, and there will be many more in, in, in the future. And their structure um, will not allow private mobility. So we will have some kind of shared mobility. Um, but <clears throat> there will be this desire for privacy on the move, for privacy uh, while I am I'm being transported. And the, uh, the big question is, how will that work out? And my feeling again is, we talked about the extremes, that some people will have private vehicles or will be able to share um, single-use vehicles, meaning I am alone in this one and transported from A to B or drive from A to B. And then there will be a large group of people that just still will need to squeeze themselves into buses and trains and being transported from, from A to B in, in uh, the urban areas. Let's move on to the second point, the automotive industry. I mean, the, the CAR HMI 2021 is an automotive HMI meeting. It's about smart, uh, intuitive vehicles. It is about uh, all the different... Um, yeah, um, aspects of the automotive um, HMI about the aspects of the relationship between car and driver. So one of the focus points was on, on the automotive industry. And uh, the, the agreement was that some players of, of this market will fade out, will need to say goodbye to the market and new ones will be added. So we have this uh, structure of car makers called OEMs, and then we have the different layers of suppliers, tier ones, tier twos, and tier three suppliers. Um, some of the OEMs will fade out, some brands will disappear, some new brands will be added. And uh, the movement will, from my point of view, and most of the participant sh participants shared that, will be uh, even stronger amongst the suppliers. Um, some of them will have the right technologies, will have the right ideas, the right mindsets. They will grow and some of them will stick to the old and uh, will fade out out of the market. We will face uh, new business models for the anti-mobility sector. They are needed and they will come. 
How that will work out at the very end, I'm, I'm not really sure about this, uh, but uh, this um, I'm going to buy me a car and it's my private car and is uh, standing in my parking lot um, 95% of its lifetime. I will not use it and we have this enormous amounts of infrastructure reserved for parking cars. This time will come to an end. And so, so we will find different uh, mobility business models and different ways we move around. We'll have e-commerce moving up. And um, I mean, all, all this was happening before the pandemic already. But uh, again, the virus here is a turbocharger for change. So the the um, pandemic is speeding up the change, a change that had already been active before. The case mantra, case meaning connected, automated, shared and electric is still alive. The individual components are weighted slightly different. I mean, connected is there, electric will come. Automated has a problem and shared is totally remodeled and uh, needs, needs to have a couple of new thoughts based on the pandemic. And to the case, the N uh, was added, uh, meaning new devices and new forms of mobility that we will have. And, and uh, I see this as a mega trend and this will come. And um, so we will need to think about um, what kind of vehicles will we have in urban areas? What kind of vehicles in, uh, in rural areas? How do we um, travel between the two, two areas? So all that is unclear, but it will require new mobility devices. Shared, ability, uh, share, shared vehicles, um, if, if we get there, that we have these shared vehicles and they will come sooner or later, they need to adapt quickly and easily to new users. So um, if you enter a rental car, um, then... then um, yeah, it takes quite some time that, until you set up the seat and the mirrors and then you connect your, your smartphone to the head unit, which is usually the, the longest and most complex procedure in the entire thing. And then you need to find out um, how the entire thing works and, and where the headlights are and so on. And um, if we have more shared vehicles, uh, we will need uh, more last, uh, just like empty shells that drive around and that can be updated by the user by, for example, bringing in a smartphone that is recognized and brings in settings so that uh, users can easily um, use these different vehicles. And this adaption also includes the disinfection of the vehicle, uh, which, which, as I said, uh, I mean, the entire spreading of bacteria and viruses came into focus of people. They, we, we learned a lot about this in, in the past 18 months. And uh, we need to clean these interiors and we have to find interiors that are in a way self-cleaning and that communicate the fact that they are clean, as clean as they can be, in an obvious way, in an easy, easy way to, to the user. There is a clear separation between public and private HMIs in, 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 in vehicles. So people will bring in their own private HMI in shared, into shared vehicles. And then there are others just like, um, how do I set uh, the, the destination? 
how to interact with a car that may be done by a public HMI. And for these public HMIs, contactless interactions like voice, like gestures, like holograms will be required and uh, will, will experience a strong priority. And again, this one had been clear before the pandemic that we need something like this, but it became even stronger now with uh, the coronavirus. The eagles of the future, and I found this a very interesting thought that one participant of the workshop came up with, um, the vehicles of the future will be more like lean cars, like a smartphone that you buy as an empty shell. And I buy or rent a, a um, yeah, an empty shell, and then I fill this one with my own content. So if I have a new smartphone, the first thing is um, I put on my contacts and I, I um, have, have my apps, my private apps and all my data and, and some of the music that is transferred from the old one to the new one. And uh, so I have my own content. And the same thing may happen with cars, uh, with mobi mobility devices that you bring in your own content. And um, this will make a lean car and, and more or less empty shell, four wheels, a battery and some engines and uh, uh, seats and, and everything you need there in the car. But, but you bring in your own content and that will make this car your car. And for this one, a quick and easy onboarding system is required. Okay, let's move on to the third point, uh, mobility. How will mobility change? And I mean, I talked uh, quite a bit about mobility in general already. At the end of the day, uh, new mobility will be old mobility with uh, new devices. So we have everything laid out as of today. So we have private vehicles, we have public transport, we have something in between like taxis, Ubers and lifts, and um, we will have new devices. We'll have more autonomous devices, smaller devices, electric devices um, that will drive us around. But uh, the, the need for mobility, the idea of being mobile, is uh, genetically inherited deeply into humans. And so I think we will travel around. And I just read uh, an interview with a, with a Swiss um, engine engineer called Mario Ilmor. And he said that we have hypermobility. And I agree, we have hypermobility, but we are used to that. We love it. And so it will remain, but we will have these new devices. Aging societies need cars uh, that function more like smartphones, um, controlled by smartphones. Um, we have the acceleration of this trend, empty shell, bring in content, adapting to it um, with aging societies. We need more driving support, more driver assistance. We will need less cars in the future. We have car sharing. So, I mean, um, as I said, a car usually sits 95% of its lifetime somewhere, just standing, eating up space, eating up money, which is ridiculous. And um, so if we start sharing cars, we will need less cars. It's also that uh, if we have more remote work, if we have uh, 
new work uh, styles, then uh, we will also have a lower number of cars that will also lead to a lower number of cars. So sales quantities um, will decline. And again, it is a trend that had been visible before Corona, but uh, the pandemic is accelerating that. And the final points, buses, trains, planes, all these public transports will need new interior concepts. So my friends of uh, Red Cabin, uh, which is a conference organizer out of Berlin, they think a lot about these new interior concepts. They have super interesting stuff there. So we have um, these, these plexiglass separators. Uh, we will experience larger spaces. We will have separate compartments in these public transport capsules, buses, trains, planes. And um, so that, that will lead to, to these private bubbles in public transport. How they will look exactly, I have no idea, but they will come. And um, so again, we will have the old way of transport in buses, trains and planes, but we will have different interiors, new technologies and, and new architectures in uh, the interior. All right, um, quick summary. In uh, post-pandemic mobility, everything remains different. Meaning uh, we will have um, enormous changes. Some of them had been visible before. The virus works as a, um, as, as a, as a turbocharger for this change. But uh, um, there will be change stronger and faster than, than ever before. We need this openness to change. That is more important than ever because change speeds up. And um, if, if we remain with our mindsets, our thoughts, and the way we think, work, act, drive, fly, move around uh, the same way as before, um, then um, this will not be very fruitful. So we, we need to have an openness to change. And uh, the extremes become stronger. Very often it's not clear in which direction it goes, uh, private versus public, um, urban areas versus rural areas, and uh, definitely rich against poor, technology uses against non-technology uses. So these extremes will become stronger and uh, the art uh, of future politics and future living and, and future industry will be to somehow balance the stronger extremes if you had the chance to take something away with you from this podcast why not recommending the podcast to one other person in your network the more people listen to the podcast the better it will be ranked on them the usual suspects on the usual platforms And uh, then even more people get the chance to um, yeah, listen to the podcast, to learn about the podcast and to take something away from this. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an ongoing exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites peter-rusker.com 
and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email under podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time. Take care and stay healthy.